At almost every stage, women are less likely to pursue entrepreneurship and scale their businesses. We are here to change that. Welcome to the Female Founders Club. Each episode, we will be taken over by a female founder who will share their journey into business with you. I am Sukhvi Atwal, your host and fellow serial entrepreneur. Welcome to the Female Founders Club, Maria. It's awesome to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's a little bit of a strange one, this one, but hey, all the more we can continue. Why not do yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's really cool to uh, be able to record a podcast virtually, um, given all the circumstances, uh, but let's get straight into it then. So sure. tell us a bit about like what made you start your own business and like a bit about them. Okay, so I think... Um, gosh what made me start my own business I think it was like my desperation had very much become my motivation um my background's in pharmacy so I studied to be a pharmacist at Aston University um and I sort of sort of graduated got into a job and I was in a in a 12-hour shift um and I realized that I hadn't seen a sort of sun that day it was an October sort of mid-October time and I had have had a break or anything so I, I came out of of the shop looked up uh put my head on my car wall and I thought Jesus Christ I've not seen daylight today and yeah. I didn't want to do this for the next 30 to 40 years of my life so I sort of just quit my job the next day and uh I booked a one-way ticket to the the Middle East and that was it I sort of went off and explored a little bit that sounds quite scary, I guess, a, a massive risk. And so tell us a bit about your businesses then that you started out there. Okay, yeah, sure. So uh, I very little did I know at the time uh, about sort of the huge cultural background that I come from. My dad's side of the family, they are fourth generation organic saffron growers. And my grandparents have got over 150 hectares of, of saffron farms in the Middle East. Wow. Um, Sort of through trying to figure out what it is I want to do, I sort of came across my family business. I really, really loved what my grandparents had created, uh, which was almost over a century of just, you know, over 500 farmers. They have over 1,000 staff uh, between them. And they, they pay for everything. You know, they pay for the to sort of live, medical care. They pay for their kids to go to university. And the product that they produced was, you know, phenomenal. So I, I, I sort of saw an opportunity to, um, to bring it to the UK, and so I did. And uh, yeah, that was that was how SAT was sort of thought about. It, that was probably my hardest one. It was a lot of trial and error. It was getting it wrong a lot. I was very naive. I was very young in the process. Um, yeah. So it probably took the longest to to set up. But through that, I, I bumped into some really cool people and got the opportunity to, to work with MasterChef and some of their sort of uh, finalists and semi-finalists. Um, I also got to work with Jim Ramsey, Mary Berry, Andy Oliver, Otter Lange, some of the bigger names, which was really cool. And um, I actually came across a chap called Chris Hale as, as a result of uh, Bison Herb Emporium. And we decided to sort of work together and see the Denovo Bistro. Uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. 
So we've launched a range of uh, gins and hellos for the Middle East. It's got very much a Middle Eastern palette using massively um, certain spices. And we were hoping to launch in the UK, but you know, you can't um, account for a pandemic. <laughs> I think everyone's struggling a bit with that. And so like, you know, going, um, like going into a family business, like was there any challenges as like a female entrepreneur? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I come I come from a Hispanic Middle Eastern family, and it's almost like if, if you're not a lawyer, if you're not a doctor, or if you haven't opened up a bank, you almost don't exist. Um, yeah. Going from a medical background, saying to my parents, like, yeah, okay, you know, you could pay for me for most of my year. Now I, you know, I don't want to do what you chose. <laughs> you do something that is quite a fair system. And um, I, when I when I went to the Middle East, I, I worked for a construction company uh, about eight months, and then transferred over to work for my dad. And my dad actually refused my job application. Um, he was very reluctant in joining the family businesses. He sort of, you know, they, they set out and helped me with farm system. That that's the way they wanted me to go. So it, I mean, my dad's a messy man, and it's always been about serving myself and not just with my dad but with any business that I go into or any of my business partners I, I truly make sure that I'm always bringing something to the table so yeah it was it was quite difficult that we managed to make Bison Herb Emporium quite a large part of my family business now so that's amazing and so like how did you kind of overcome that barrier because obviously it being your family uh, they're your support network so like how did you overcome that and did you have any fears um, about challenging that kind of norm oh my god absolutely when I say um, sort of my desperation had become my motivation it was one of the situations where it's like okay I can't go back so the only one forward yeah <laughs> it wasn't any sort of like okay I'm gonna I, I don't know whether it was pride I don't know what it was but it was sort of like I'm, I'm done with that life and I, and I sort of want to move forward so what is it going to take in order for me to make sure I succeed at this um it was difficult because as much as you know you love your parents and your parents love you it's trying to make the understanding both for them and yourself that it's a different time when they were growing up maybe those decisions were the right decisions but actually now those decisions no longer apply and you have to kind of prove that actually rather than your parents worrying about you or trying to carry you through life you have to prove that you know you've grown up and you're willing to take responsibility you're willing to take control and prove that to them uh, and it, it, it you know me and my dad spent uh, a good couple of months not talking uh, yeah honest and that was that was brutal that was really really harsh but it was like okay you know it's as harsh as it's going to sound you know we all love our parents but they're not always going to be there and it's important to understand that one way or another you need to step up and take responsibility for your own life and not have somebody else constantly looking after you or worrying about you or you know spoon feeding you stuff it's about taking control of your life and really asking what is it that I want to do and if you think that anybody else including your parents knows you better than you know you you would be incredibly wrong 
Yeah, I had um, quite a similar challenge when I started out my business. There was the idea of, look, like, what are you going to do out there? Like, mm-hmm. you know, just get a normal job. And so I think a lot of um, people from varied cultures uh, go through the same thing. Would there kind of be any advice that you would give to someone who perhaps in who is in a similar position to like what you were um, at the beginning of your journey? Do you know what? I, I love this question. It's almost like, what advice would you give to your younger self? Uh, yeah. I would say, be brave. Be gutsy, you know? The one thing, I guess at that age, at, at, I don't know, whether it's 18 or 21, whatever the age being, at your early years or late teens, you, the one thing you have on your side is time. If you decided that, you know, you don't want to do anything else for the next, 10 years of your life if you're at 20 you could still wake up at 30 go into a university get a degree and get a job if it all goes to shit (laughs) so really spend your 20s trying to figure out what that purpose is and if you don't know good I'm glad you don't know because you're not meant to know we're not all born with with the purpose that we're supposed to do for the rest of our life that's what life is about it's trying to figure out what you can do, what your art is, what your craft is, what your niche is, and really perfecting that. And sometimes that can be a few things. In fact, I'll tell you, for most people under the age of 30, they will change careers 11 times in their lifetime. And that's okay too, because with that comes experiences. And I mean, when I, when I think about, to, 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 to give you a good example, when I worked in construction in the Middle East, yeah. you know I was couch surfing on my friend's sofa for three weeks before I landed this job and I went to the interview thinking Jesus Christ Maria what the fuck are you doing with your life this is construction girl you know nothing about engineering you know nothing about concrete or cement or whatever I, I very quickly came to realize that actually because they were making concrete blocks they're like curb stones that, that yeah side of the road it's the same calculation for a curbstone as it is to press a tablet, like a med- medicinal tablet. Okay. My knowledge was instantly transferable. And who would have ever thought of it? Like, I have no idea. Definitely, they were very surprised by the fact that I've brought something in regards to, you know, the weight of the aggregates and the slump of the mixture. And all of a sudden, I had something to offer that I didn't even know I had to offer. But it's past experience from trying something, not liking it, but carrying the skills with you to your next thing. So I would say be brave, be very brave and and take a bet on yourself. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with loads of these um, episodes and stuff and just talking to loads of female founders, you find that sometimes just doing it and, you know, just taking that risk is always the hardest part. Mm -hmm. Uh, But once you kind of get over that, you know, it is stressful, but fun and games. And so, like, throughout your journey, what has been, like, one of your most memorable moments, like, the most exciting thing that's happened? Oh, God. Do I have to give you just one? I can't. Don't do that to me. I can't. You can. You can. You can give a few. <laughs> um, gosh, my most memorable. The the two that seems to stick out of my head would probably be um, when Spice and Her- so Spice and Herb Emporium last year 
uh, we became the official suppliers for the Palace of Versailles. And that was just insane. I took the first order myself. I spent some time with the clients. Yeah. And it was just surreal to be there, to sort of see it all. To just, it was a true pat on the back. And it was, it was very emotional and I was very overwhelmed. That, and I think I would say um, when we got our distribution partner on board with, with, with the Nova, it was at the time sort of we were on a flute um, at sort of Gulf Food in Dubai, I think it was last year as well, with what I can only describe <laughs> looked like a bottle of piss, if I'm being completely honest. And it was the fact that it looked ridiculous, but the moment people had would taste it it was just so magical and we managed to get several businesses coming out of you know, four or five days of being in the east and some of the sort of large organizations like the largest organization in the world actually um in terms of food industry and i was i was just so chuffed that I've, i'd created something which, you know it was worthy of, of people's excitement time money and most important the passion they, yeah. they get so behind it and it was so beautiful to create something that it that means that much for someone so it's oh, definitely in my head okay and so um along your kind of journey were there any kind of um, female mentors or support networks that you accessed um, that kind of helped you along the way? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, there were female and male, if I'm, if I'm yeah. totally honest. I mean, I've, I've never really seen myself as a feminist. Um, if, if, you know, I, I don't know if, if, if I was going to be labelled as anything, it would be an equal rights activist. Um, I, I've built phenomenal businesses at the back of you know nine wonderful men um and but equally there are several females in my life who stand out um yeah one of them being um, my very very good friend Tamsin Ford who has a phenomenal business uh in Sheffield I don't know if you sort of have had the chance to speak to her before yeah absolutely wonderful lady um, both very close with her in, in terms of business and as well as sort of a friendship. And she's mentored me really um, through the through the difficulties of my life, through just making me a little bit more tougher and brave in order to stand up for what I want. Really, really appreciated. But also, I, I wouldn't say mentors necessarily would have to be there. Um, a, a virtual mentor. Um, or a different mentor that I've kept close to me would be Mimi Icon. Now, if you know the Icon, they also have a podcast, The Icon Experience, um, are absolutely wonderful. They they created yeah. journals, you know, they, they really have shown what it means to build a business. And the, the, the idea of the five-minute journal is to practice gratitude on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. In all honesty, I think that's so understated it's huge it's this idea of just being grateful for what you have um to be fair there, w- there wouldn't be a time where this applies more than now yeah to be honest I think in terms of anxiety it's just understanding and gaining a little bit of perspective 
of where you are in terms of where everybody else is, you know, and it's okay to be upset and to be overwhelmed, but just not to dwell on it, really. And gain perspective that in, in the retrospect of things, you're actually in quite, if you're listening to this podcast, you're in a privileged position. <laughs> you're in a very, very privileged position. And being able to just be grateful for the most simplest things that you have the most is a difficulty on a day-to-day basis has just helped grounded me over the years. Yeah. And just made me push forward, really. Yeah. And about like your journey, your journey, is there anything you would kind of change about it if you could? Um, yeah, I would, I would, I wish I was a little bit braver. I wish, um, I wish I wasn't so trusting with maybe letting people decide what was right for me and actually just just believing in my heart that something doesn't feel right I think what what, there's something we all have that maybe we don't use very well or we don't um exercise very well is the gut feeling it's it's something that's in everybody um but you know whether you choose to dull it down or whether you choose to listen to it on a regular it can't really lead you astray if you spend time just taking away all the other noises and voices and your gut feeling, uh, your gut voice tends to tell you whether something is right or wrong for you. And I I can honestly hand on heart say I spent a lot of time being confused and whether it was confusing that voice or that feeling with everything else um, or whether it was suppressing it, I'm not quite sure. But I would say just trust your gut a little bit and know that nobody else is wanting better for you than you for yourself. Um, and I hope that you do. Uh, and if you don't, you should find out why you don't. And it, it's a lot about self-awareness, I would say. I wish I'd become self-aware a lot more. Maybe that's a better answer. <laughs> I guess it's a part of the journey as well. Um, if it was meant to be easy, everyone would be doing it, right? <laughs> um, the other thing I, there's a lot of misconception about business which really bothers me um, in, in sort of the, the world out there whether it's social media sort of feeding it the wrong way or I don't know whether it's people maybe not being 100% honest I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with hard work it's the biggest misconception that hard work makes you sad I think it's the opposite I think it makes you quite happy yeah you feel like you've achieved something it's the wind it's the you know but it's it's having to go through the dips and the lows in order to feel the wind otherwise it would just be another yeah and it's like building that resilience um it makes you stronger right makes you more aware and able to kind of pivot with your business as well absolutely absolutely you've got to have the grip but no, that's um, I think that was my last question. It's been amazing having you um, on today's podcast um, and just hearing about your journey. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. I really appreciate it. And hopefully we can have you um, soon again. Oh, one last question. Um, where do you see like yourself in five years? Like where uh, do you think the business will be? 
Oh wow, that's a that, that's a tough question. Like, I know. <laughs> Before I forget, <laughs> um, I think there are in terms of goal setting, there are certain things obviously that I'd like to have personally. Um, you know, whether that's a family or at home, or you know, yeah. In terms of the businesses, um, it's nice to be able to make. De novo, a multinational business. So, to, to in order to have De novo within the next two to five years, De novo will be a global business. Um, so that's what I'm really, really looking forward to. In terms of what I see, I, I don't think it's that exciting. I don't think people would care that much, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds exciting. But maybe, um, so what, in terms of drinks, once you become quite large, there are several larger, what I would say, monopoly uh, companies that tend to buy out sort of the, the drinks that tend to make large noise. Um, so, for example, Gordon's Gin or uh, the Botanist, uh, they yeah. bought out by a particular group of companies. Uh, I wouldn't mind sitting on the board of directors of one of those companies one day. It, that would be to move on. No, that sounds pretty awesome. And hopefully Female Founders Club can be here to kind of see your journey. Uh, that would be pretty awesome. That's very kind. Thank you so much for having me. No, but thanks for coming on the um, podcast again. And yeah, we will catch up soon. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Female Founders Podcast. You can subscribe to get updates about our next episodes. If you would like to hear more about us, you can visit www.femalefoundersclub.co.uk.